1: It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Go! <laughs> could have went left, but it went right Could have won wrong, but it went right
0: I Said it was Ian, but it went right
1: Now we get bars on, bars on, on site MVP in the night And we're heading for a headline classic in the paper Final Now what was Ian but I not see you, right. Man could have had that fight. But I'm going to walk on sight, Man had to drive that man. You're not know, going to spit this time. Trying to work with, the oh, man, the work the with a good energy. of these guys It's amazing. Like, oh. It's a That's a responsible arsenal. Chelsea. Simply. You can ask in the joy of equalising
0: hello welcome to another touchy gunas podcast emergency recording um today we're basically recording it. you're basically going to be listening to this live um to be honest so big big up everyone that's tuned in um so we had a nice it was a bumper it's like an hour and a half um episode recorded um bear cast members so Shabs was there i was there sharon lewis even anton dropped in for a bit german dan um straight after the the aston no, not the Aston Villa game, the, the Leeds game. Um, mm. But unfortunately, we've not been able to get the audio um, for that. So you've got myself and Shabs um, here doing a recording on the day. Um, Very special. We did want to leave the streets hungry. You know, oh, so God. feeding the streets, feeding the streets. So, you know, we've had two games, two games to um, talk about and digest. Uh, Aston Villa, I think we'll probably spend more time talking about that. Maybe we'll touch on Leeds um, a little bit. Because uh, obviously that's another nice win, and a couple of talking points from from that. But you know, let's let's focus on the Villa game. Um, yes. Basically, Arteta essentially dropped um, Odegaard for Lacazette um, yes. and Kieran Tierney um, injured, so it meant that Nuno Tavares uh, stepped in. So, Shabs, what did you make of the lineup, the performance, um, and what do you think that can that can bode for the rest of our season?
1: Yeah, I think um the lineup, the notable surprises were the two that you've mentioned really. Um Odegaard, obviously a bit of a surprise. What was interesting is that um Odegaard and Odegaard was dragged in the previous game. I think it was the Palace game, wasn't he, on the Monday night. And he, where he didn't play well at all, to be honest with you. And um it was notable that he and Arteta were having some dispute about something. So it was quite interesting to see what was going to happen there, whether he's going to play or not. He didn't play. Um, I can't remember if he featured. Did he come off the bench? Who? Against, um, against he, um He did come off the bench, yeah. Against um, Villa. Yeah, so, yeah uh, so he did feature. Um, but he didn't start the game, obviously. But... Um, You know, there was talk about it there being not just technical reasons, but there were, you know, talk of him carrying a niggle injury or something. So, and then of course, he didn't feature at all in this in the um, second game against Leeds in the cup, which we'll we'll come on to. But that's an interesting one for me because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is a big signing for the summer from the summer. We obviously had him on loan the back end of last season. We've gone back and forth about him in the, um, the group chat and online. And um, I kind of want to know what's going on there. But that said, we didn't miss him too much. Definitely not from the way that we played the game. I think Lacazette coming in as a, a, not a lack for lack replacement for him, but a replacement and someone who actively um, filled the void in the centre of the park, um, higher up the, the, the pitch, but also coming to drop deep and connect play. I think that worked really well for us. Um, I liked the introduction of Lacazette. He hasn't featured much this season, save for cup games and and, and sparing moments in matches. Um, I think he warranted some sort of um, game time, especially as he saved us in the previous game against Palace. I think, you know, um, and yeah, whilst he's not everyone's favourite uh, centre forward, he's not the most prolific striker and whatnot, he is a goal threat. So, um, yeah, man, I was happy to see him. I spoke about Lacazette negating Um, Aubameyang's deficiencies and I think vice versa as well so what you kind of want from I suppose we don't have the complete skill set in one body, what we have is like a combination of of attributes across two good players which they both are and um, them playing together seems to the way they played uh, together seems to complement them well and seem to work for us so I was I was happy with that as far as the lineup. The other um, introductions in the lineup were Tavares and Lekonga. Um Tavares played very well for me. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, but I liked him. I liked how dominating he was surging down that left hand side. Um, he's just like a PMP machine, isn't he? So there were times where he looked unstoppable going forward. I really liked that. Um, I think part of that is his game, but part of that was just that Villa didn't do much to stop him or us attacking down that side Mm. at all. And I think Sambi Lokonga as well came in and also played very well. Um, Mm. It was an encouraging performance from him. Yeah, yeah. And some good points there, man. I
0: feel like, you know, the the, the onus in dropping Odegaard, I think that was like a big statement from the manager to say Mm. that, you know, I'm trying to play a certain way and you're not necessarily allowing me to play to play that way because I feel Odegaard, he, he's sort of similar to Sabios in the sense that when he plays, the team has to play to his speed or mm. to, the team has to play his way. Mm. And in and in, in the games that we've played and the, the, the opposition um, that we played and the style that we're trying to play, um, I don't think that necessarily suits Odegaard um, mm. for me personally. I think, you know, in some of these games that are going to be coming up, where we're going to be playing against deeper blocks. Teams going to sit two banks of four, let us have the ball. Um, I think that those are the type of situations that suit Odegaard. But mm. you see where teams want to press us high, uh, they're going to leave, leave a lot of space in behind. Um, and they're susceptible to the press themselves um, and allow us to sort of play on that transition, that broken play. Um, I'm not sure those are the best games for um, Odegaard. I think he mm. can probably learn. To play in them because technically he's very good and he he can be able to you know sort of release the ball very quickly. But where he is right now, he likes two or three touches. Um, mm. He likes the ball to come into him. He likes to be able to turn on it, scan, uh, and then play the pass. And if you look at the other players around him, it's very much you know more all action. ESR one two touch. Abamu mm. he doesn't like more than two touches whenever he gets it. um Saka he can do a bit of both, um but he's probably better. You know, now running in behind, um, posting up his is is uh, the left back one v one, um, mm. and I just feel like Lacazette probably suited that type of football a bit more, especially, um, you know, when you're trying to press high. I think Odegaard is a good presser, but mm. um, you know, once we actually get the ball turned over, you need them people to you know just release it, release it quick, um, quick. and you know, maybe he'll get up to speed, up to speed with that. Um, but for the time being, I, I, I didn't really mind, like um, Lacazette doing that role. Um, and I think, you know, it allowed us to really go for the jugular in that mm. match. And I think it was really impressive that first 45 minutes, especially. Um, mm. I, I rewatched that. And the way that we were just on their necks, you know, any loose ball, any second ball, they Fine. were, they were munching, you know, Um Tomiyasu was playing very, very high. Um, mm. Compared to where he normally does, um, Tavares PMP was was killing whoever was playing right back for them. Matty Cash was, you know, he was he was spinning, um, didn't know what what had hit him. Um, mm. And then Partey Lokonga, the fact that they played much closer together, I think, made a really big, um, really big difference. So yeah. you know, I think I think Lokonga had a really good game, um, yeah, really good game. Did um, you know ball carrying? Uh, taking it past one or two players and also on a defensive side, you know, he was right up there. He was right up for it. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you, what do you make of him so far? And, and, and how do you, how are you encouraged by that performance?
1: Yeah, um, I am. Sorry, Dad, And I just wanted to go back to um, Odegaard quickly, because you made yeah. some good points about him as well. So do, do you think it's an acclimatisation issue? Um, because what what you're saying actually is, is accurate in terms of, the time he's used to taking on the ball, he he kind of dwells on the ball. He likes to, um, you know, execute after having had a couple of touches. Sometimes they they look like comfort touches as well. They're not a necessity. They just look like, you know, one, two, three, you know, which is obviously too long in the Premier League. And we've seen other players come... Um, and struggle to adapt to the pace of the game. Do you think that's what it is with him, or do you, do you, do you think it's something different? Because you said hopefully it's something that he can learn. But I suppose yeah. we're in trouble if he if he if, if he doesn't learn it quite soon and adjust it. And also it's a bit of a worry given that he already had his six months here mm. before we signed him. So that's surely what you know should have helped him to get up to speed. So I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a funny. It's a funny one because I think there were definitely games last year where he looked good. Mm. Um, he looked good. Uh, I think the Leicester game, Spurs game, West Ham second half. Um, he was sort of running the show in all of those mm. games. Um, but I don't know. I I, I just don't know because from from what I'm looking at, I think it, it's not helped that we've sort of tried to play him deeper. Um, mm-hmm. so far this season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's definitely looked better in a more advanced role. Um, but, but yeah, I think in in those advanced areas, it's, it's, it's strange because you probably have a little bit more time than in the middle of the park these days in the Premier League. So once mm-hmm. you're sort of behind the midfield, the centre-backs, the full-backs, they don't necessarily want to come leave their position, come out and get you. They want, they want the midfield to sort of sweep up um, but in the middle of the park, all of these teams—they love—they've got runners now. You look at, you know, that Palace game. Gallagher was all over him. Yeah. You know, um, you look at the, that uh, Villa midfield. You got McGinn. You got Ramsey in there. Um, Buendia was was terrible, um, but you got Douglas Luiz in there, who's always who's always at your feet. So when you're in that centre circle, um, it's one-two touch, or you need the pmp and uh, to be able to to, to beat sure. a man. Yeah, and, and beat that press. Um, and I think that's where Erdegaard's probably um lacking. So, you know, I think he needs to be playing more advanced, um, where he, he, he can get his head up a little bit more. Um, because once he receives with his back to goal, he doesn't really have the PMP to you know sort of beat the center midfielder and then get a pass, which he has to do, um, when he's playing deeper. So, you know, hopefully that's the last we see of that. Um, mm. of him in that sort of, you know, that 4-3-3 three, three where he's playing alongside Partey whatnot. You get a proper centre-mid um, playing next to him.
1: Yeah, mm. so... No, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And, yeah, um, on Lokonga, um, we're talking about the the, the the Villa game, obviously. Yeah, because you know, I don't think he played... He didn't play Tuesday night, did he? No, uh, he didn't. No. It was El Nene and um, Ainsley. So, yeah... Um, the Congo did well, you know. I think it's not the type of performance for anyone to get carried away with, but it's the type of performance that you could be encouraged by. Um, you know, there's been some. I think the split opinion about his signing and not him as a not him per se as a player, um, but the necessity of his signing and again the implication of it. So by signing him someone who's not necessarily who's good you know he's got good attributes you know he's been talked up rated highly um you know he's been described as having a good mentality um you know but he's coming out of the Dutch league and the argument for Arsenal was that they needed someone who was ready to play now um you know not be on this bit bit of a development journey so I think that's what has really divided opinion about Lukonga. And then some of his perform- performances to date, I suppose, have underwhelmed have some sections. Um, I think, you know, he's had one or two bad games, um, but I think the rest of his games for Arsenal, he's just been, he's kind of done what I've expected him to do. He's not really um, shined or set the world alight, but he's looked, he's looked decent. And I think... It was an encouraging performance from the Congo against Aston Villa. Um, you know, definitely, in terms of the instruction, I think he was instructed to play closer to Partey. He didn't look isolated at any one time in the game, neither did Partey. So I think part of this is maybe, again, learning. I'm always talking about partnerships. It's a new partnership for Partey. It's a new partnership for him. It's a new league for him. So maybe part of it is learning to play with him. Part of it is the instruction. Part of it is the overall team performance. But I think he played well, man. I think he uh, just played well without being remarkable or amazing. And he done the basics well, got his fundamentals right. Um, you know, played a few good passes, but spoke about one disguised pass in particular that he played. I think it was in the first half. Yeah, it was in the first half um, against Villa, which I think was just fantastic. It's the type of stuff that we've seen in the compilations from him. We want to see them at the carpet. So you know, come on Lukonga. And I think he's just come off of his birthday week as well. So, you know, it's a mm. good, it's a bonus.
0: Yeah, I think the Villa match was on his birthday, you know. So um, mm. I think one thing that I do have to to, to mention about Lukonga and that I, I think is um, a big bonus, it, it speaks to his personality, speaks to his, um, his confidence, is that, you know, Palace, he came on, uh, made the error for the goal, generally wasn't um, that impressive. And he mm. said straight after the game, You know, I need to play another game, um, and then you need to make amends, um, for for, for that performance. And mm. you know, he, he, I think that's that's top top mentality, you know, um, yeah, definitely wanted to get straight back out there, took, took responsibility, um, and had the self awareness to know that he didn't play, um that well and then you know against Villar the next match he, he stamped his authority on that game you know Definitely. I think on, on the ball he's probably slightly better than um Partey. and that's and I think that's been my sort of main criticism of Lokonga so far is that you know when we saw, when we saw the clips we did the scouting you know he was he was spraying passes he, he looked like a confident confident guy in elect you know that's his home hometown all of this stuff you know he, that's 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 a that's where he's used to, and then so far, obviously the Premier League is a different animal, so so it's very difficult to expect him to, you know, show the same type of personality. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was the thing that so when we're doing the comparisons with Genduzi, I think immediately, Genduzi, you know, he was a big, he was a big. Uh, ego, you know, big personality on the pitch, stamping his authority on the game, winning us matches um, in his first season at 19 years old or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, you know, you sort of want Lakonga to to come kind of step in and, and, and play with a bit more emphasis, play with a bit more confidence. And I think Against Villa, he was able to do that. Um, so I want to, I want to give him, you know, a big shout yeah, out, uh, shout out there for, for for that. And hopefully, you know, he can build on that. He can, he can show like, look, Villa, mid, Villa Villa's midfield. They've got, they've got big men in that midfield. You know, yeah. um, and he's and he slapped their heads. So yeah. you know, hopefully, he's able to to build some some confidence off that, and then um and 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 go from there and go from strength to strength because now he's twenty two years old. Um, just at his birthday. So you know, you, you, we we want to see a bit more bit more from him. Um yeah. in the same vein. Um in the same vein. I wanna to touch on um Ben White because I think uh, this overlaps both the villa and the, the Leeds matches. So he came off mm-hmm. against Leeds uh, with an illness so Arteta said he, he probably should be fine for um for the game against Leicester uh on on the weekend so mm-hmm. Looking at looking at him, um, what do you make of what do you make of his uh, performances? Because obviously he had a he had a tough time against Brentford. Um, but you know, now we've seen Ivan Tony's giving everyone a tough time. Um it's difficult to sort of hold that hold that one against him. But um for me personally, I think I think he's looking he's looking decent. He's looking good.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, you know, um I think I have to concede on that. Um and it was never, it's never been Ben White isn't a good player. It's been for the price tag that we have paid for this guy. We've definitely paid for the potential for what he could be rather than what he is currently. My thing is that for where we are, spending 50 million, you need instant dividends. You know, you need instant return. So when he played those initial games... <laughs> especially that first game against Brentford he looked awful when you see in hindsight now tony has dunked on quite a couple men including king virgil you know who probably is the best like pound for pound center back in the in the in the in, in, in the premier league so Ivan avantoni's made him look like a small boy really so really i had to do some revisionism for ben white um I think Ben White as well. Some of it has been a confidence. So I, I bear in mind, and I've always had this in mind that you know it was a long summer for him. He obviously went away. He didn't participate really. I don't think he featured in the Euros, but was away. Um, then came back late, had the signing done. You know that impacted pre-season. He hasn't really had a pre-season. Let's be honest. Um, just kind of really come into it and not really played case, So I think it's a confidence thing. And, just um, acclimatizing to a new club, a new way of playing, new manager, new system—all of all of all of the changes that occur when a player transitions from one club to the next. Yeah, um, so I think they're fair. What I like is his partnership that he is building with um, Gabriel. I think it's—they're looking quite solid and quite robust. They have moments, but for the most part, they've looked reliable. They've looked sturdy. I think they're starting to complement each other really well, and I think when you uh, tailor that with Aaron Ramsdale and his command, and I say that with um, you know um, inverted commas, but Ramsdale obviously cuts quite a commanding figure, he looks to be quite a vocal goalkeeper, you can overstate or underplay the importance and significance of that if you want, but at Arsenal, it seems to be having an effect and some positive impact. And I think defensively, um, I personally, as a spectator and a fan, have been less worried about them this this, this season. Um, and it shows you where I've come when I'm at the point where, because I was saying, like, I don't even realise. I haven't been stressing about Rob Holding mistakes. Mm. That's one stressor that's vacated my life. You know, it's something that I just don't need to worry about, Rob Holding making a mistake. Um, Chambers in the side, so all of uh, that 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 backline, that defense has improved. Yes, Ben White's a part of it. I think Gabriel's been the better defender this season, definitely. But I'm at the point now where where he came down injured on Tuesday. I was thinking shit, and I thought, raw. If I'm in a place now where I'm saying shit, like we actually need Ben White, we need this guy. Like I'm, I'm, I've, 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 I've converted. I've accepted. That's mm. it. He's a player that makes us better. Mm. There's loads more to come from him. There's loads more to come from him in terms of his game. Um, there's still a question mark for me about his um, aerial prowess and how dominant he can be in the air. Um, I think there are going to be teams who, you know, will target him and will try and dunk on him. But I think with the ball, I don't want to. I don't want to invest heavy in those stocks right now. But with the ball. Yeah, he is quite competent with the ball at his feet. And these are the things that I was most critical about in the first couple of games that he played, but I didn't see any of this. I'm like, if we've signed him to be this ball-playing centre-back, but I'm not seeing him carrying the ball out, I'm not seeing him spraying no passes, I'm not seeing him look comfortable in possession. I'm Nah, I'm not having it. What have we done with the 50 mil? But right now, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm quite with him. I quite like it. I think um, as long as the solid defensive... Uh, structure and defensive results continue then yeah man I'm, I'm with it I'm all right with it
0: yeah I think um I think uh, a lot has to be said about the partnership as well with mm. him and him and Gabriel um mm. I think uh Gabriel people had doubts about you know his leadership credentials there um in that back line but you know he's taken them on with a plum and I think um it's probably improved him uh you know a little bit having that having those leadership um responsibilities um in that back line he's calling the line he's talking a lot and maybe it comes down to um being able to speak better English um you know because uh, mm. I think that that would make a difference in communication um especially when you're talking about you know Ramsdale who's very vocal back there Tierney's very vocal um back there and then you got White and Tomiyasu there as well. So you know I think the fact that you know that language barrier seems to not no longer be there for Gabriel. Um, mm-hmm. has, has helped a lot. Um, and yeah, I think they're forming a very, very good partnership. You know, I think Gabriel's unbeaten in the league, um, this season. I think they've only conceded, you know, something like three goals, um, mm-hmm. four goals, four goals in the league, um, in seven games, so or six, six games, uh, which isn't bad, you know, three clean sheets in there. Um, so I think, you know, Ben White definitely deserves his props. Um, this is a very, this is a nice, it's a positive, um, episode today man i know people say yeah. we're not we're not that positive but i think um a lot of these guys um are i guess doing their best to, to silence critiques because for me um i think it's very difficult uh for anyone to say that the ben white fee is justified um right now so you know we park that one for now but just in terms of his overall performances, um, I think he's been steady, and I think he's been quite good um, in a number of games, providing us a, a, a solid base um, for us to for us to build on. Um, I know you got you've got a meeting um, that you will need to shoot off for in five minutes. So the last five minutes with you, I want to touch on Nicholas Pepe, right? Um I want to touch on his brother, right? Um, to, I, I to this product, right? Um, because Basically, you know, we we spent 72 mil on this guy. Um Saka is basically essentially taking his spot in a team. William took it last year. Um, then Saka uh, and then he, he sort of featured you when know, they were resting Saka rotational duh, 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 last year. Um he's he, the thing is for me, I think he's getting a lot of opportunities to sort of make that position his own. Um but I think it's no coincidence that in the league, our two best performances, by far and away, uh, have come when he's not been playing, you know, and he's not started. So where, where, where do we go with him? What do we do with him? What, what, what's the solution here?
1: Boy, I think he's the worst signing in club history. Um, nothing not the worst player that we've signed but the worst signings the worst business i don't think there's there can be much argument about that because yeah just for 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 whatever reason and sometimes you could say that it's legitimately been the the coach responsible coaches have failed to get the best out of him or whatever but there are certain things where you watch this guy play where you just say like come on come on man Like, come on, Pepe. Like, what was that? What were you doing? And those things are almost always, like, just his fundamentals, you know, like his first touch, like his execution or his lack of execution. You know, Um, we talk about this guy being drippy and a wavy baller and him being able to beat players, but, you know, and then he, you know, it's so typical for him to trod on the ball and fall flat on his face like he did on... um, on Tuesday against Leeds I think the thing for me are that he has done some positive things he has done some positive things for Arsenal but it's never enough and like you said it's never consistent enough I don't think he's found any kind of consistent patch and the thing is you can argue that when he's not playing regularly or not being given regular opportunities you could say well actually he needs form." because that used to be my argument And I've tried to, you know, find all types of reasons to um, buy Pepe more time and whatnot and whatnot. But I just can't excuse it no more. Like you said, he's playing regularly. Uh, He's getting regular opportunities to kind of nail down the spot. And he just can't do it. And I think there's a reason why people, like, I'm not Arteta's biggest fan. But I think, you know, there's a part of looking objectively at Arteta when you think about his use of Pepe and his selections with Pepe and say, all right, you know what? Fair enough, man. We can't really put everything down to the manager. Not that. Like this guy has to just be able to do certain things to the correct level. I don't know what level Pepe truly is as a player, but he's not Arsenal level. I don't think Um, he's not top six Prem level. Uh, Maybe he's not top eight Prem level. I don't know. so yeah, I think we have to get rid of him. I don't think that we're gonna uh, be able to sell him easy at all, uh, both for the fee um, and wages. Because what fee is realistic to sell him for? Like honestly speaking, mm. like what what what's about realistic and what's acceptable for us? Mm. Given that we paid seventy-two mil, and given that we're still making payments, we've still got about forty mil. Yeah I, think, yeah,
0: I think after this season, it's going to be 28, 28 mil
1: left yeah. to pay for two it's years. Season. So what do you accept? So I think, you know, it's a big fat L. I think you've got to do the loan him out for season, try and get a loan with an obligation to buy. But um yeah, I think he may be loaned out, not this season, sorry, for next season, loaned out for the next two seasons and see his contract out. And then he's free to move wherever, where he'll be what 26, 27. Yeah. So we'll be looking to move wherever. Wherever the, the 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 understanding or acceptance is of the level that he's at by the time his contract with Arsenal runs out, then you know, make his next move from there. But it's a big L for us, man. And yeah, man, I'm 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 disappointed. I'm disappointed as a fan because <laughs> the brother is trash, man. He is like there's no there's no more masking it up. There's no more making excuses. Like he's 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 not good enough. He's not been good enough for us, mm. no way. Yeah, man, I can't disagree with uh, can't disagree with anything you've said there. To
0: be honest, um, and I think our only real possible exit would be a loan with option or something like that, where mm. you loan him maybe for uh ten ten million loan fee or something like that, mm. um, mm. with. With a potential fifteen million option, um, mm. the year, the year after, um, or obligation even, because my goodness, this guy, he's, he's 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 smelling out the joint, you know. Like I went to the stadium uh, for the for the Leeds game, and I was I was late because of the tubes and and whatnot. That um, I got to got in the ground. The first thing I see is Pepe receive the ball and fall on the floor. I just turned to my boy. I said, "Look, boy, this, this is going to be this going to be a long day. You know, this going to be a long evening. Because let me tell you, you think the guy stinks on TV, yeah? up close and personal, he's it's it's like a million times worse. It's yeah. it's painful. So you yeah. know, I, I want to be balanced as well. I don't want just don't want to just slander Pepe. So I know that he got an assist in the game. Um, He um." You know he does have some end product you know he he, he he can shoot he can finish um but for me what he offers in that respect is nowhere near enough to justify um him having a spot in a starting lineup or even really having a spot a spot in the squad um mm-hmm. if you look at the stats i think per 90 saka has um uh, better goals and assists uh than him in that position mm-hmm. um which really says something because that's supposed to be Pepe's USP. And Saka is, you know, a 20-year-old, uh, playing he's not even played 50 games right wing. You know, mm. that's that's the simple fact of it. It's less than less than 30 games, I think. Saka's played right wing, and his productivity is better than Pepe in that position in the league. So yeah, you know, let's yeah. just call a spade a spade and say that even that aspect of it, it's not work, it's not working and it's not worth it. So you know, we need to find a way to cut ties um, because right now him and his wages and his position in the squad is preventing us from even bringing in a replacement right now because you can't justify uh, a man on 140k sitting on the bench you can't justify a man that costs 72 million pound not playing because at the end of the day and the thing is he's actually lucky that he cost that much because you know if that was an academy player um, if that was uh, you know a player that cost 10 million he would not be getting these these chances again and mm-hmm. again. Oh, if, if Alex Awobi was giving us these performances, you know, the crowd would be going nuts. Nuts, the crowd would be going nuts. Be
1: psycho on him, man. Absolutely sick on him. So so yeah, you know,
0: um, I think I think yeah, he he, he he's one he's one um that needs to go. But Shabs, um, I know you got to shoot off now, so thanks, yeah. thanks for coming on.
1: No problem, man. Just yeah, bless up to the listeners, like you know, like that. Like, like Dan said, yeah, we had to, we had to give you something, man. We, we 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 couldn't let you go this Thursday without a little something, something. So yeah, man. Emergency, emergency pods, recuperation pod, whatever. But yeah, man. We I hope you lot enjoyed this one. But yeah, Dan. Yeah. In the hours, bro.
0: Yeah, take it easy, man. Cool. to you in a bit. Cool. Right. So so guys, you're just left with me now. Um, thank you. So, you know, rather than you just listening to um, my voice ramble on, my bare monologues and whatnot, um, I'll go through some of the listeners' questions that we have um, for this uh, for this episode. So, you know, Twitter has been has been quite lively this morning. Um, it seems that people have uh, a lot of questions that they want answered. So, I'm going to do my best to get through as many of them um, as possible. Um, but a lot of questions uh, are centering around this striker situation. So Alexis Kavkas, um, big up Alexis. He's got a good YouTube channel. Um, unfortunately, he's a Chelsea fan. So um, if that is your bag, make sure you go out and check him out. He puts out some good content. So he's asked, what the F is going on with number nines? Is Laka going to leave on a free? Eddie's set to sign a new deal. Following balagun Balogun just signed. What is their plan? Can't get my head around it um heights with a triple or quadruple s um he asked what are they smoking over there at the emirates after reports of offering eddie and ketia a new three-year deal what does it mean for balagun the way, where would you guys want to see him play um swvg lord one um i should arsenal since lakar will leave and oba is getting He's getting on sign one of Jonathan Davis, Marcus Turam, since they're the ones that suit Arteta's game plan young and have got PMP. Um so there's lots of questions around the striker situation. Um, and AFC Jordan's also asked, could you see by getting a new contract? At the end of the year, he'll have a year left. He's a captain and we have a young team around him. Is this a complete non-starter or something to take stock of in a year or so? And talking to Mush, big up Mush uh, from Coppen, he said, Aubameyang won't last forever. If you could choose a source of goals in the future, would you choose a gunman line or a goal-spin ring a ringer like Salah? Um, Bayern are not the only team who really have both um so yeah lots of interesting questions i think the striker situation is 100 a very difficult one um i think we have sort of we've sort of made a few errors here um in in in, in recent years um mainly with eddie and ketia um I feel like we've sort of had him in limbo because of this indecisiveness about what we're going to do at Stryker. Lacazette, I think they wanted to sell him, wanted to bring someone else in. Um, They weren't able to to shift him. And that has really caused sort of uh, a a domino effect in the Stryker situation. Um, If Lacazette had been sold, I think Nketiah would have probably got a lot more game time than what he has done. Um, And the fact that he didn't uh, should have meant that we loaned Nketiah out. Because I think Enketi has improved a lot um, in his all-round play. Um, I think we saw glimpses of that in preseason, and that's really without playing uh, many games. And I think that's just him sort of getting his man muscles grown into his body and feeling more confident in his body. But with playing time, I think he could have improved further. So then, if you know um, you can you can be you can be in a position to make a choice around selling or keeping him. When you sell him, there's probably a sizable bid. Um on the table, 20, 25 million if he scored some goals. Uh England under 21 top goal scorer, all of that. There's a lot of clout in that Inketia uh bucket to to make a sell. But unfortunately we didn't do that. Um Nketiah, I think was supposed to go in the summer, um, was supposed to go the January before, uh January before we rejected, said he wasn't he wasn't uh wasn't leaving at all for anything, didn't go on loan. Didn't um didn't go to West Ham, who I think were interested this summer. A deal was there to be done with Crystal Palace, and he, his agent, and him decided they were going to stay, um, and, and and try and leave on a free. Um, so that's a that's a bit of a, a a spanner in the works. And then obviously Balogun, he didn't want to sign because you know he wanted assurances about game time, and I think we can all agree that um so far uh, those assurances have not been been met. Didn't come on um in either of the last two uh, League Cup games, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or I think he came on very, very briefly against Wimbledon. I think he got like eight minutes or so, actually. Um, And after the first game against Brentford, he's not really played. So for me, Balogun has to go on loan um, in January. I don't think we can make the same mistake that we did with Eddie there. Um, And interestingly, they have the same agent. So um, the the rumours was around um Balogun wanted game time, Eddie and Lacazette were going to be sold. And then um Balogun would then be able to take either that second striker role or that third striker role depending on if we um went out in the market and and, and signed the signed a striker. Um, I think that made sense. But given his age, given his lack of experience, so it's, it's a big burden on Balogun to ev- even try and step in and um produce um very few 21-year-old strikers uh, slap in the Premier League immediately. Um, so I think the best course of action would be for him to go on loan and probably go on loan again the season after. Um, I don't think, you know, we need to have these guys in and around the first team getting experience that way. When you're a striker, you need to be playing every week without pressure of of, of scoring. Um, when you're at Arsenal, you need, you need to be scoring at a rate of one in two. Um, really to make it here. So I think that's too much pressure to be asking for, you know, any even an under 23 um striker, let alone a 21 strike, 21 21-year-old striker. So yeah, it's a funny one. I personally cannot see the club um giving Lacazette a new deal. Um I just don't think it makes any sense. I think it was it was clear that the club wanted to buy a striker in summer. Um and I think the main uh, barrier to us doing so was Lacazette not leaving. You know he's on 180k a week. I can't see them, you know, giving him more money. Um, age 31, uh, you know, going 32. Um, I just can't see that. I think you know they need to just maximise whatever they can out of him this year. Good leadership, this, that, and the other. But you know it's time to say goodbye. You've been here for five years. You've never really hit the heights that were expected of you. It's time to say goodbye. On Bamiang he won't last forever. But I think where people sort of have this misconception about him physically, I think he's still top. Um, if you watch him run, you watch him you watch him sprint, um, all of these repeat sprints, as long as we p- protect him, I think he can give us another two seasons, so this season and next season up till the end of his contract. And then you can maybe think about giving him a year extension depending on the makeup of our squad. Um, if Enketia is still here, um, then you know, you might want to give him an extra year without that pressure of being a, a main striker or one of the main strikers. Um, so I could see Aubameyang getting a year extension, but, you know, who knows? Uh, striker situation as well. If we're looking into the market, we're having this discussion in the TG chat um, today. It's very difficult because the strikers that are out there, you know, your Vlahovic's, your Isaks, your Ossimens, um Tammy Abraham and all of these guys, you're basically looking to spend upwards of 60, 70 million pounds. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I'll throw his name in there as well. You look to spend 60, 70 million pounds um, on a guy that you don't know is going c- can come into this Arsenal team and bag. You know, I think that's a lot of money to spend um, on basically what's going to be a project striker. I think what we might have to do is look for a goal-scoring winger Um, goal scoring number 10 or hope that Saka and Smith Rowe can turn into these guys I don't think Erdegaard is really equipped um, to do that and then and then hope that you know one of these guys can sort of come through Um, otherwise you know what alternative to that might be would be to sign a sort of a wide forward who can play up front in a two um, in the mould of like a Rafa Liao um, and Ismail Assar uh, that you can potentially convert into being a striker. I think that would be an alternative because right now, Vlahovic, he's sitting on one non-penalty goal in 10 games. Tammy Abraham, that a lot of people were very keen on, he's sitting on two goals in 10 games. Um, in, Syri- in a Serie A that, you know, Edin Dzeko is plundering in, uh, Giroud is bagging in, um, you know, Immobile is bagging in and all these old men are scoring freely, you know. Um Ossiman, he's going to be costing you upwards of £100 million. Um And he's probably the one who I think has the most transferable skills. But I also just think it's a complete myth for Arsenal to spend £100 million on on any player um in any any capacity. You know, there was talk of Lautaro Martinez in the summer, but I think now he's, he's very close to signing a new deal with, with Inter Milan. So I think that one's dead in the water. Striker situation is... Is a tough one um and i think it's just one that we're gonna have to to watch this space um so tommy ajayi one big up tommy um no no he's a, a regular touchy dunas uh listener he said what is arsenal's best avenue to qualify for europe what signing should we be making in january um so first one best avenue to qualify for europe for me is always the league and um, i think the fa cup is there to get us into europa Um, which is nice, but that should always be sort of like a secondary route. I think the biggest and best sign of progress is where you finish in the league and the points that you finish on. Um, I said at the start of the season, um, just in a few tweets, that I think with no Europe, a sign of progress for me would be to finish on 70-plus points. Um, If you finish on 70-plus points, I think you've done your job. Um, And there's very little else I can really expect of a club in the current position um, that Arsenal find themselves in. um, If you get 70 plus points um, and hope that one of the sort of the four points, 70 to 75 points, um, and that should should be enough to get you into the Europa League at the minimum and Champions League at the maximum, depending on what other clubs do. Um and that's a good sign of progress. Uh what side should we make in January? I think it's imperative we buy a cent- central midfielder. Um the injuries to Partey, the injuries to Xhaka have shown that we're sort of we're very light there. Um as much as I like Maitland, Niles, um, and I think Lokonga was very, very good in that last game. Um, it's gonna be difficult to rely on these guys over the course of a whole season. Partey's going to Afcon um in January as well. Um, and I think you know from what i was reading it's going to be from like mid december that they go to link up so he's missing potentially eight games um for us i think it's imperative we buy a centre-midfielder centre Zach is going to be coming back from injury around the same time that Partey is going out so really and truly our only two fit centre-mids are going to be lakonga and maitland niles and i don't think that's going to be enough um especially coming into you know the business end of the season so a centre-mid is um absolutely imperative apart from the top three this is from don mikel 17 you know um don mikel, I'm i'm a bit i'm a bit wary um with that with that twitter app so let's see what you let's see what you got um apart from the top three we're actually the most consistent team right now if we get at least four points from the next two thoughts on potential top four um i don't know about the most consistent team um you know it's a it's a techie one uh, unbeaten, you know, but draws against Palace and Brighton um with very poor performances in those games. Um I can't really turn around and say what a most consistent team. Um I think we've only really played well like really well you know twice this season. Um it's not really something I can agree with. Um I think we've got uh Leicester away and Watford at home, the next two games. Leicester away, difficult difficult challenge. Um, but, you know, you never know. If you get three points at Leicester, I do back us to beat Watford at home, um, regardless of how we play. They've not been that good um, this season. They've pro- actually probably been one of the worst teams in the league. But they've got new manager bounce, Ranieri, this that, and the other. Um, might be a tougher game than we, we expect. Um, I think four points from the next two would be a decent return. Yeah, I can't complain um, at that. But if we get six points, I would say, you know, we're in in for a top six finish. I think top four is too far away for me to to to, to try and um, and visualize. Um, Swag, Ldn12 says thoughts on that. Martinelli, left wing experience, and what do you think of his development? Um, Boy, it's, uh, it's, it's looking kind of kind of tough for Martinelli um, at the moment. Um, I still think he's a good player. Lots of guys in the, the TG group chat disagree with me. They think he's a um, um, a bit of a fraud. Uh, they think he's fooled us, you know. Um, but I I just think he's not a guy for juego de posicion right i don't think he suits that style of play um i think he needs a bit more freedom to to move around run around link up with people um I, and i do think he probably is trying a bit too hard now to impress um on the weekend uh not the weekend sorry against against leeds i didn't think he was you know bad but he definitely wasn't good um I think when he gets the ball, he gets his head down. He's missing some easy passes, missing some chances to play his teammates through because I think he really wants to, you know, have an impact on the game and and make things happen. Um, Yeah, it's a tough one because he's sort of in that bucket between do we loan him out so he can play every week? But he's probably, you know, the third sub that comes on um, every week or second sub that comes on um after you know Lacazette or someone like that so um it is it is a difficult one um yeah I don't really know what's happening with Martinelli I don't really know how we how we sort this out um I think left wing is not looking like his position um I don't really mind him there I think he does carry some threat but you know we do need to be seeing a bit more from him um and maybe with the FA Cup um Coming in January, he might get a bit more game time as well, but it doesn't look like he's going on loan anywhere um, anytime soon. So we just need to see see him um, play a bit more. Um, sue underscore four says, um, are we a team that only wins when the opposition are in bad form? Burnley, Norwich, Spurs, Villa and Leeds are all having bad seasons. Are we about to get an awakening? Um, yeah, uh, I think you can only beat who you play in front of you. You know, you can only beat who you play in front of you. Um, you know, we don't make the fixture lists. Um, I do think when we have played teams who, um, when we have played teams who, I guess have what I would say, good coaches, good managers. Um, that's where we've fallen down. So if you look at, you know, Brentford. Um, Thomas Frank is flying um, this season. He's looking like a top coach. Um, obviously, Chelsea, Man City, horror shows, um, Brighton, um, and then Crystal Palace, uh, Potter and Vieira, I think, are doing two good jobs. So, you know, I think it is a big test for Arteta um, against some of these better coaches in the league. Um, you know, to really show that he is uh, or he deserves to be considered amongst them um because so far this season i can't say that i'm impressed um when we've come up against good coaches um with good systems that work i think you know um he is getting tested um his in-game management is getting tested his, his lineups are getting tested his tactics are getting tested in those matches especially um and unfortunately it does look like he's passing those tests so you know i think that's definitely one to say watch this space um I think yeah definitely once they watch this space but you know that is a good point um that's been that's been made um so yeah I think that's all the questions that we have um for now um so again thank you guys uh for listening I hope you've appreciated this emergency podcast that we recorded And I will catch you guys straight after the Leicester game um, for another post match. Um, But peace and thanks again for listening, guys.
1: could have had that fight, but I'm mean, gonna walk on sight. Man, I have to drive that man, you're not going to spit this time. Trying to work with a well, good energy, man, the man. Work with the bad man fight. None of these guys It's amazing, be like, oh. it's man, a amazing. Man, shine. That's, man, That's the response of Arsenal. Man, cross the line. Score from my team in the time I play. But I know when Chelsea man, can I I lost he their focus guy. in the joy of equalising. Right. but I was not see you right. Man, could have had that fight.